0: Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan VanderLeek, here with my co-host and good friend, Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly to share award-winning Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and often answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page, as well as our private Facebook group. We love to share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety with you. Today, we're going to be covering five common causes of anxiety to be mindful of. Hello, Ananga. Hey, Shan. I'm so glad we're together again today to talk about these five triggers. They are really important to be mindful of and will hopefully help our listeners have a, a good understanding of what to be on the lookout for.
1: One of the challenges with anxiety is that we're so caught up in the experience and the physical symptoms that we aren't able to step back and look at possible cause and effect, possible triggers and what we can do about them. And that mysterious aspect of anxiety always makes it feel worse. Course, once we can see a trigger and consider, oh, maybe that's adding to my anxiety, then we can look at what we can do about it. Look at taking steps to weed the triggers out and feel more calm and more in control again.
0: And the first of five is overstimulation. And this is something that we hear so often is overwhelmed, I'm overstimulated, there's too much going on. And in Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life. We learn that overstimulation of the nervous system is the leading cause, or the leading underlying cause of anxiety. And look at our world right now. We have so much information coming at us all the time social media, news, movies, noise, change, just you know being out in social environments with all of the noise and, and energy that's flying around and many of us live with constant noise and visual stimulation even when we're in bed trying to sleep there may be the rumble of traffic or sounds of airplanes or other noises and these things can be agitating to our nervous system i know here in northern michigan this time of year there's a plow truck that will go down our street and it can be maybe 3:34 in the morning and it's loud and i'm grateful that these Village workers are doing their job and taking care of us so that we can get to and from and safely. But I got to tell you, when I wake up to that loud scraping sound, that's not a lovely way to wake up, admittedly. But so these things are very agitating to our nervous systems, and our nervous systems become overwhelmed, overtaxed, and then we start to experience anxiety. And Ayurveda teaches that the mind is very sensitive and very easily disturbed. So that means all of our minds. It's the nature of the mind to be off balance, to be disturbed. And when you can accept that and know that this is just how it is, and and that you need to learn how to help your mind feel as safe and calm and relaxed as possible, this is a big lesson in, in personal development. It's why we constantly talk about calming your fragile mind.
1: Yeah, when we're suffering from anxiety, we go very quickly to the overwhelm. And we might say, I'm not coping with noise or I can't stand noise. We can become quite emotive about our triggers and say, I can't stand noise. I can't function in this environment or this is making me feel so, so anxious. But then we kind of turn in on ourselves with it. We might go to blame ourselves or we become aggravated with the external noise and environment. But when we look at that more deeply, we're reacting. So the thing that's disturbing us, but Ayurveda is saying that all of this stimulation is at the root cause of anxiety. So it's natural to be disturbed by it. We don't need to get frustrated with ourselves over it and think, "What's wrong with me?" There's a simple cause and effect here that's been observed and taught for five thousand years. It's natural, yeah, to be disturbed and anxious as a as a response as, as a reaction to overstimulation. So then we need to look at how can we adjust our environment, how can we change what we can? We can't change everything. But in every given day there are things we can change. There are things we can tweak to help us find pockets of peace, help us find an environment in which we can rest and de escalate our anxiety.
0: Yeah. One of the things that as I go back to the story of the snowplow, when that wakes me up and in the past I I would get quite anxious or irritated or rattled because I just wanted to go back to sleep. And now when I hear it, I'm still not like, oh, yay, the snowplow. But, <laughs> what I, <laughs> but what I will do is either put in some earplugs or put some music on and, you know, just through my headphones and then just lay my head back down and normally I'll fall back asleep so I know what to do now versus letting it get getting me really upset and spending time wishing that the snowplow would be quiet. That doesn't help anything.
1: Yeah, and that's where we go. That's where the mind where the mind automatically goes. You know, this mind that all day tells us, don't do this, don't do that. Don't look up EFT tapping. It's not going to work for you. Right. Don't get earplugs. You know, that's not going to work for you. Don't try this. Don't try that. Then we go to bed at night and that same mind berates us. You've done nothing today. Right. You know, you're not, you're not getting better. You're not getting on top of things. So we really need to take action steps. So yeah, earplugs, noise cancelling headphones. We can't change the environment outside, but we can create a comfortable environment for ourselves using those things, using guided tapping sessions at night. If you wake up and maybe the noise jars you awake, maybe you're going through a spell recovering from some trauma or you're experiencing some hypervigilance. You know, if a door slams, anxiety will make us think it's personal Mm -hmm. and the second we think it's personal the second we get irritated with that external noise source then we've got more adrenaline and nervous system's even more agitated the whole thing escalates so what you're describing is responding rather than reacting and that makes a
0: huge huge difference it does because i know that for as long as we live here and as long as i live in this area there is winter and we get lake effect snow, and that means there are going to be snow plows. So yeah. what am I going to do about it? Right, Caffeine is number two. Caffeine is a huge culprit in provoking anxiety. And something that we've talked about many, many times, and that both of us have done a very good job of eliminating. I think you've eliminated it completely. And I have eliminated all but my one cup of coffee a day, which... If I find that that starts to cause me any problems, I I won't drink it anymore. The symptoms are pretty intense with caffeine. And especially when you think about now all these energy drinks and double shot, uh, espressos and all, all of the ways that people are trying to stay stimulated and awake and don't understand that in doing so they can really have some issues with sleep disturbance, adrenal fatigue, feeling wired, anxious, and shaky. And it's a myth that coffee gives us energy. Coffee doesn't give energy. It actually sets off a reaction in the body that provokes stress hormones to provide a burst of alertness. So that's really what's going on. Caffeine jolts the body right into a, a flight or fight mode.
1: Yeah, last thing we need if we're suffering with anxiety. So most relevant for Anxiety Slayer listeners to know is that caffeine can spark anxiety episodes. It can actually trigger anxiety because it can make us feel like we're having an episode. The physical responses to caffeine can feel the same as the symptoms of anxiety. For example, an increased heart rate, feeling unsettled or restless, sweating or trembling. Really not helpful results. And the thing with caffeine is that it's accumulative in our bodies over a long period of time. So if you have a coffee in the morning and you have another coffee at midday, the caffeine from the morning coffee isn't yet out of your system, so you're adding to it. And then something to be really mindful of is that caffeine is in so many medications. It can be in cough and cold medications, painkillers. We know it's present in energy drinks and coffee, but it's in a lot of other products as well, a surprising amount of products. So check the label and have a look at the amount of caffeine. Sometimes it's quite surprising the amount of caffeine that are in these products. If you order a large coffee, it's already got two shots of coffee in it. Yeah. So you're having, you know, that double shot of caffeine. And then if you're going to take some pain relief or cough medication, I know of a doctor some years ago, who had a big anxiety episode, full-on physical anxiety episode in his office. He had a heavy workload ahead of him, and he was developing a cold, and he chose to take double the recommended dose of some cough medication, uh, which also contained caffeine, and he had a big anxiety episode as a direct response to that. So really important to be aware of what we're putting into our bodies, and to just strive to make choices that help us feel more calm. And more in control, and there are other ways to feel alert, other ways to feel awake, than relying on caffeine with its peak and drop roller coaster effect that it has on us.
0: And I think we also need to remember too that it becomes very habitual. It's a habit very much like you making your first cuppa in the morning. You know, same thing for people who are drinking coffee, and. If you want to start to wean yourself off of coffee, my recommendation is to add tea to your mix. It's what I've done over the years. How could I not, right (laughs) Ananga? My partners in the UK (laughs) turned me on to some of the best tea I've ever had. But the, the cool thing is, that's what I'm sipping on right now versus having a second coffee or having a soda or you know soda pop or whatever sugary beverage that also has caffeine in it. You know, that stuff just doesn't, I just don't even drink that anymore. And it's just making another choice. So if you can cut back on your caffeine, we highly recommend that you do. The third area that we need to talk about that that happens to me and I know happens to you and Anga and many of our listeners is those looping thoughts, those looping what if thoughts when we fall into that loop that pattern it feels like we're never going to get out but we are and what i'm talking about is the unwanted thoughts that arise that can trigger anxiety the stories in our head the things that we tell ourselves whether it's something we fear something we want to avoid at all costs no matter what it is the mind gets hold of that thought mm. and starts expanding it into these anxious predictions and outcomes and and we get dragged along for the ride. recently, I had to have some medical tests done, and I had to tap and talk with Ananga and do some journaling and and remember that in this moment, I'm perfectly fine. Everything's cool. This is a test that my doctor says not a big deal. Uh, I need to take that at face value and trust versus. What I would normally do, or what I would do in the past, is obsess on it. What if it's this? What if it's that? What am I going to do? What do I do? Um, Oh my gosh. And create all of these stories around this test. Uh, As human beings, we take medical tests all the time. And why put yourself through hell when you don't have the results? And I know that's easier said than done, but it's that looping what if thought that gets us into that pain and you know it feels like nothing can help but there are things that can help
1: yeah i mean really the looping what if thoughts it's like anxiety is its own trigger
0: mhm it's
1: like we we trigger ourselves our mind triggers us and and we're just off on this crazy narrative and our imagination becomes our worst enemy it fills in all these details and all the things we very much dread going wrong and what really helps is to practice daily being mindfully engaged in whatever we're doing, to be mindfully rooted in the moment. Even if it's taking a shower, chopping vegetables, washing dishes, whatever the activity is that we're doing throughout our day, we need to practice being present in the moment, just bringing the mind back. And this is something that we've spoken about a lot, Shannon, and it's something that's really helped me over the years, is this, this simple practice of coming back to right now in this moment I'm here and I'm doing this and that's all I know yeah. right now and that's all I need to know right now. We've given this example in detail many times, but I think it's important to share it again. So to take it very literally, right now I'm sitting in my room talking to my friend, I'm recording a podcast and I need to be present for that or it's not going to be a good podcast. If I'm thinking about something tomorrow or next week or next month or I'm noticing some symptom or some something in my body, I'm not going to be present for what I need to do right now, but just being connected with you, being connected with my friend, being here together. In this moment, we're doing this, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Often with anxiety, we develop um, a self-aversion. In times of heightened anxiety, we might find it very difficult to be present when we're taking a shower. We might rush through things. We might even be quite rough with ourselves and quite fast just get in and get it done. And get out. Because yeah, right. We just don't always want to be in there with ourselves when our mind's kicking off. It can be very challenging. So to slow down, take a deep breath. At times when I've been waiting for medical tests a few years ago, as you know, Shanna went through a very heavy medical diagnosis and it wasn't easy for me to be in the shower at such times. I I was with my own trigger. So um, yeah. I got a waterproof speaker and I would play devotional music or lectures that I was interested in, I'd take that in the shower, stick it right in the shower with me and have something nice to listen to that helped me remain present, grounded, put some good thoughts, some good music or some good words from somebody else to study and and meditate on, maybe something prayerful, something devotional, have that in my head instead of my mind just let off the leash. Yeah. Little things we can do, but it makes all the difference.
0: It really does. Another trigger is a lack of routine. And again, this is uh, from Ayurveda. Change increases anxiety. We know this transformation is change. And we're constantly changing, especially for the Vata body type that we've talked about many, many times. We become unsettled and ungrounded when our days are disordered and erratic. We want to have a routine. And so it's really incredibly helpful to set yourself a daily routine and follow it as much as possible. Getting up out of bed at the same time each day and going to bed at the same time each night, eating regular meals, moving your body, uh, making sure that you are in a space to have breakfast and to have a warm, nourishing breakfast like oatmeal made with almond milk and some chopped dates and cinnamon, those things are so good for you, especially this time of the year in, mm. in the wintertime. Uh, staying warm, warm baths, having a soft, warm bed, all of these things that you, you look forward to, you look forward to your routine, you know what it is that's going to happen ahead of you. And in, in those moments, you have some control over things. Because in my opinion, that's, that's part of it too, is this, okay, I know this to be true. Yeah, I'm going to follow this routine. And then when things change, or, you know, as they often do, surprises come up and and things happen, but we still have that structure, we still have the bones of our life that are in order.
1: Yeah, we have a rootedness. And uh, Mm -hmm. particularly when you invest in self care in the early hours of the morning. I can remember so many days in my life where I was so grateful when something big hit later in the day. That I'd got up earlier and I'd done some reading and I'd done my meditation and I knew I had that rootedness to cope with what was to come. You know, you get up in the morning you never know right what your day's gonna bring. But in those quiet morning hours, very special hours, in the Vedic wisdom traditions, these hours are called the Brahma Maharta hours. And it's a time that's very conducive before sunrise for peace, for meditation and It's a good time to experiment with that at this time of the year because the sun rises later, so you don't have to have such a monastic rising time as you do in the summer to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. But it's a very special time. There's a period of stillness, and if you can catch that with some inspiring reading, some breathing, stretching, yoga, meditation, whatever you're drawn to, that puts your roots down for the day and it holds you steady. You know, when the winds of change and... Drama come later in the day. If if we've got good roots, we might sway, but we won't go over. Mm. So really, really important to invest in a healthy morning routine, preventative medicine, preventative self-care, and that's really emphasised in Ayurveda. As much as we can, mm-hmm. our lives are changeable. But as much as we can, and again taking rest at the same time at night and having a good routine at night, albeit brief if need be, but You know, maybe applying some lavender oil, maybe settling to bed with some gratitude practice, five minutes journaling, some breathing, some EFT tapping, just to release your day and prepare yourself for sleep, just to bring that healing routine into the evening. It makes a lot of difference.
0: It sure does. And the the very last trigger that we'll be talking about today is pressure and expectations. And this is such a weight, especially if you're out in the world and you're working and you're reporting to a boss and you have a big workload on top of running your household, taking care of yourself. All of this day to day taking care of things, right? sleep. Mm-hmm. We have all all of these things that we do, and we often expect ourselves to be perfect, and we're so hard on ourselves. And when we suffer with anxiety, we can be even harder, and expect things that just aren't possible. expect to get over it, uh, treat ourselves harshly with with our inner voice because we just need to get on with it. We just need to be able to do X, y, or z, whatever that might be. And when you have in this case, it makes me think of of my pitta constitution and when uh, vata's kicking up and I can't be as organized as I want to be, or I've made a typo or I've misspoked or I've done something, a, a big gaffe because I tend to put my foot in my mouth often with my with my big mouth and my opinions. <laughs> and and then afterwards, right? Afterwards, I don't count the 10 before I open my mouth, but afterwards, boy, oh boy, can I be hard on myself for what came out of my mouth? Uh, that pressure we put on ourselves to be Uh, always on point is just too much. And so one of the things that I've been inviting my clients to do over the years is to replace expectations with intentions. Mm. So what are your intentions? What would you like to see happen? How would you like to see things improve versus that expectation? You must do this. And the only way you're going to succeed is if you do X, Y, and Z, or if you hit this benchmark, or if you have mm. this credit score, or you know, if you get this review at this level, or take that SAT test, any of that kind of stuff that you have in front of you where you have to be just so in order to make something else happen. This is where we really need to exhale, get grounded, and get real about, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm human in this moment, what's the very best that I can do? If I'm triggered or if I'm feeling overstressed or pressured, or if there's too many expectations on me, I might collapse. So what can I do? Yeah, I'm gonna replace these expectations. I'm gonna step back a little bit from this pressure and start to move forward in a, in a much more loving, sweet way than to be so hard on ourselves. Definitely,
1: soft, soft versus hard and flowing versus rigid. Mm-hmm. For all of these triggers, we can adopt a more flowing and fluid approach. Even caffeine. Okay, how can I review my caffeine a- intake? How can I start making right. adjustments instead of, you know, oh, I have too much caffeine, I should stop right now, or oh, I love my coffee too much, and then you're living with the consequences. Just be experimental, be playful, flow with it. Yeah. When we're rigid, we hurt our nervous system. When we're rigid, we hurt our mind. So when we put down roots, then when the winds come, our our tree of our mind and our body, it can sway and bend. What doesn't bend, breaks. When we're rigid, we can snap. Yeah. You know, we can break.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: So we have to be really careful with all of these things to bring in compassion and fluidity, choices, lots of choices. If we're saying to ourselves, I can't change this. We need to get a pen and a piece of paper and write down choices. You know, note down how many cups of coffee you have a day. Which one can you replace with something? Something interesting. Maybe you'll find a tea that you love, a mint tea, a chai tea. I'm British. You know, in England, if you fall off the roof of your house, somebody says, have a cup of tea and you'll feel better. That's that's how we roll. (laughs) Whatever it is, have a cup of tea. But tea has quite a lot of caffeine in it. So... My treat is pucker chai. It tastes like tea, but it only has 20% tea in it. It has cinnamon and cardamom and ginger, and
0: I love it. It's really tasty. Yeah, it's yummy.
1: And it's a treat. It's a treat, yeah. And the text on the um, sachet of the tea, it says, a royal flush. (laughs) It goes (laughs) on to describe the the beautiful spices that are in there. Every time I look at it, I think, oh, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful spices. And that was written by my lovely friend and herbalist, Sebastian Pohl at Pucker Herbs. I always smile when I read his love of herbs on his packets of tea. He's a real poet about his herbs. He loves them. We have this thing with the mind where the mind loves or hates. That's that's the the twofold nature of the mind. According to Ayurveda, it swings. I like this. I hate that. I love this. I hate that. I love you. I hate you. It swings between the two, but we need to bring more colour into that. And Playfulness and experiment, maybe try cinnamon.
0: Yeah, a little more adventurous.
1: A bit more adventurous. You might like peppermint yeah. tea. You know, every so often I discover a new tea that's my thing that I love. I love turmeric chai and change them seasonally. But that brings fluidity, it brings less rigidity.
0: Yes, it does.
1: And anything that's rigid always hurts our mind, it always hurts our nerves. So, bringing in some experimentation and playfulness is helpful for all these triggers. Mm. And I'd love to hear what you choose. If you want to come and share with us in our private Facebook group, we would love to hear what choices are you making, what changes are you making, and how's that working for you?